and then I will hit start. From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and defend themselves from the leper that lives in the hallway as we try to sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room. One day, maybe, we'll escape from the subterranean hell that is this basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, defending ourselves from the leopard. This meeting is now in session. Uh, how you doing? Hey, hi. Pretty good. Huh? Hello. Well, greetings, as they say, yeah. uh, topside. I thought all they said nowadays topside is just like, get down or stay six feet away from me. Or I can't believe you voted for Trump. Yeah. I think, I think, I think people say stuff like that. Um, well, the last time I went up there, people were saying things like, hey, daddy-o and groovy. It's been it's a while. while. And hey, have you, are you going to go see that performance of Hair? Did you? No, no. I got a job here and they put me in the basement. Mm, it's probably for the best. I think it was overrated. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't wait to get out and see Cats. Ooh, yeah. I hear, I hear that's a sensation. Yep. Everybody's talking about that still. Still, wow, yeah, I know it just it never goes away, yeah, just, uh, keeps on coming around again, one way or another. Are you saying the cat comes back? The cat comes, yeah, the, the very next decade, yeah. So, do we have uh an attendance to do? Uh, uh, yeah, 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 we do. Um, shall, I, shall we get to the attendance? Sure, okay. Uh, first attendee is um. Luffy dance, the Luffy dance. The Luffy dance? The Luffy dance. From the Luffy show. From the Luffy show. You've, you may recall, um, it, it, there was a lot of controversy about it. Uh, Charlton Heston actually got up uh, in Congress and uh, recited the lyrics um, of the Luffy dance, saying that it was, you know, it was contributing to the moral degeneracy of American youth and encouraging them to uh, flay their skins, which seems like a really, really bizarre accusation until you hear the actual lyrics, which I have here. Oh, you do? Really? Yes. I could never make them yeah. out. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, well, they're, they're very fast and high-pitched, but I, um, I listen carefully. Um, it's, here's, here's how it goes. Uh, come on, everybody. Get into the Luffy dance. Take off your legs and, hey, let's see you prance. Everybody's shaking off their skins for a chance at the one and only very bony, skinless Luffy dance. Hmm. Yeah, I can see how that might bother some parents. Yeah. So, I mean, after after that, I mean, after... Heston read those lyrics out. Um, the Luffy dance went from a national craze to, uh, you know, immediately just sort of a, a satanic ritual. Did did the peop- did the members of Congress flay off their skin after hearing the lyrics? It's very catchy. So yeah, Good. that's what happened. Yeah. 
good. Good. That's what I say. Good. Anyway, so yes, uh, Satanists took it up afterward, not because they're inherently evil, but because you know they, they found it really funny. So, right. Okay. Right. Well, I'm glad that we'll be revisiting that moment in history in today's meeting. I will. Uh, except, I'm not sure how a dance can be a guest on a show or in a, you know or an attendee at a meeting. Um, be the strangest thing we've had on as a guest. That's a good point. Um, although, you know, now that I look at it, I think I might have mixed up the letters in the name. Just, give me, give me, give me a sec. Paul Deschen. That's me. Oh, that's you. Oh, okay. Wow. Kind of wanted to hear that Luffy dance song again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't sing. Get a little can't loose. Breathe. Take off your legs. No. Do the Luffy dance. Um, second attendee, uh, Nomi Madonna. Nomi Madonna. Nomi Madonna. I'm Sw- swinging sixties. It girl. Yeah. No, I'm. I, I'm really. I'm like speechless. I'm so excited. This would be great. I know. Dated. Dated. Terrence Stamp. Yeah. Yep. And and apparently Marion Faithful at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, best friends with Margaret Trudeau in the 70s. Right, right. Yep. And uh, Lady Madonna, the Beatles' Lady Madonna, apparently written for her. Really? And possibly Polythene Pam as well. Huh. I didn't know that. The yeah. things you can learn today. Yeah, I know. Um, but I don't, I don't see her here. Um, She'd be a little bit older. Well, she like, died in a motorcycle right. accident, so... Ooh, okay. That's true. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, anywho, um, oh, wait. I see what I did. Um, you, you, you might, it seems awfully coincidental that I do this twice, but in one, in one meeting, but I have, I've mixed up the letters in her name. Oh, no. So we got, oh, Aiden Morgan. That's you. All right. That's me. Sweet. Good. I'm glad I'm here. We're both here. We're both here. Do we have quorum? We do not. Let's not. Let's pretend we do. And we'll just yeah. continue. All right. Nothing's going to stop us from having this meeting. Nothing's going to stop us now. Things need improving, Aiden. And by Jove, we're the ones to improve it. We are. So things are afoot. Things are happening in the city. You're not wrong. Uh, I had, I had, um, I had a couple of, um, I, I know that we've got a guest coming up in our second half, uh-huh. uh, to talk about parking. Um, and I think, uh, there's a couple of ideas I had for, for parking, Ooh. uh, that, uh, I don't think we're going to get a chance to really float these ideas past him. It's like but he be the future. Yes. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, it's an educated guest. So I'll put it that way. Um, so, uh, my two, two ideas, uh, one, um, centrifugal parking. Do tell. Uh, and, well, we, uh, we, we take advantage of, um, the, the, the phenomenon of angular momentum and we build a giant centrifuge. Okay. And we spin, we spin the cars around. We like, we build it around the downtown and we put cars in it and we just spin them around and, Till um, well, I guess until they separate into their component parts. Right. I guess they would be flatter and take up less less parking space. Exactly. Highly efficient. 
Yeah. And I thought I thought that was like a really good idea, but I, I, I hit on something I think even more efficient in terms of like maximizing parking space. This could take up as little as one city block and take care of all the, all the parking needs for for the downtown. Right. Uh, yeah. It's um, extremely uh, high temperature parking. Okay. Like we have um, like a th- like a thorium blast chamber, and we heat up uh, with the we heat up the interior to fifteen hundred Celsius, and uh, people park in there. And it reduces their car to probably to a kind of liquid or maybe even like a plasma. Okay. Are they in the car as well? This happens. They, well, hopefully not. Okay. You know what I'm hoping is that they all sort of, you know, get out of the car and walk to their destination and quickly because I don't know how long they're going to do well uh, under those temperatures. Right. Um <clears throat> But I mean, really, I mean, cars back together again. You could probably take every car in the city. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we have to. Um, well, I recently saw the movie Tenet, and mm-hmm. uh, they had a technology for reversing the entropy on an object. So, if if we could get a hold of that technology, we could uh, unmelt the cars. Right. Um, do you think that's likely? Um. Well, I mean, I don't see you. You wouldn't make a movie if it weren't true. That's right. my philosophy. Okay. Like I'm pretty sure that a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were indeed wars in the stars. Oh, I'm sure that's true. I mean, yeah. Odds are, I I see odds a are. couple. I see a couple flaws in these parking plants. I don't, but go ahead. Okay. First of all, uh, angular momentum. Mm-hmm. Total libtard conspiracy. Okay. The notion, the notion of angular momentum is like all of the, the big globe people really love this <laughs> angular momentum idea. Uh, the, the rounders, the round earthers, as we call them. Right. We're on a flat earth. You don't need angular momentum on a flat earth. And uh, it's all an illusion uh, that's perpetrated by um, academics who just want to, you know, protect big globe. Right. Well, I guess I can, I guess I'm going to have my citizenship uh, and title as based God of Kekistan revoked then. Yep. Now the other one, um, heating up cars. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned because I mean, the, the, the whole notion of heating total libtard, conspiracy hmm. just to like you know because they're all about trying to like control our brains right convincing us that global warming is real so oh, okay they trick you into thinking that things can be heated up they can't i mean back in the 70s they were saying that there was global cooling total lie obviously hmm. everything just stays the same temperature all the time and if it ever changes put on a sweater you know, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the university, and I'm gonna find the first physics professor I can find, and follow him around, screaming, "I'm not some exothermic cuck." Yeah, that'll 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 fix it. I think they won't have heard that ever before, and <laughs> that will get them. That will that that'll that'll get them. And then when they say, "What are you talking about?" I'll say, "Oh, 
Are you triggered? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think we're, I think we're, I think, I think we've solved parking. Yeah. Well, and I think this is just the thing. Like, I mean, all of these like crazy ideas to reduce parking are, are crazy. I mean, what we just need is more parking. That's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell and I'll tell you why. So forgive yeah. me for interrupting. I've heard the argument from developers that, you know, the more parking you have, the more incentive you have, like for businesses to develop for stores, for restaurants, for boutiques, for condos, whatnot. So it stands to reason that if the downtown is 100% parking, then that will be even more incentive for, for everything that's good, for all those other things yep. to, to show up. Yep. It's like the Laffer curve, but applied to parking. That if you have like, you know, there's like an equilibrium, but if you can get to like 0%, like 100% parking and 0% everything else, you'll have like 100% economic activity. You'll actually like achieve infinite economic activity when you reach wow. 100% parking. It's it's just math. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and the downtown will be nothing but a giant um, parking lot with perhaps... Perhaps like an A and W drive-through, right? But just the drive-through part, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't. I mean, if we have the building there, that would that would impinge on the economic incentive, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't want any actual infrastructure beyond beyond parking. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Because you don't need plumbing if you don't have parking. Exactly. Yeah. A little bit of electrical. Yeah. Just you know to keep that big that big P sign lit up that tells you where the parking is. Right. And you need, you need, and you need the necessary sort of little sort of like, you know, little machines that you can like input your drivers, you know, your, your license plate into not so you can pay for parking because Mm -hmm. we all know that like free parking is the way to go. Right. But so that you can get like rewards for parking. Right. So um, like VLTs, yeah. Yeah. So you'd have like a parking spot with a VLT. Mm-hmm. And with you play and you just it on, park and you, Yeah, exactly. But I mean you'd be fool not to play it because I mean, hey, entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment, possibility of winning. Right. And people will come around with uh drinks every so often. Yep. And uh and snacks. Oh. You just uh you know, you eat you eat and drink and you, you play your VLT all from the comfort of your own car. On this gigantic parking lot. Yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. This, this, this. They've been wanting to transform the downtown into something awesome for a really long time. That's true, and uh, you know, and I, I think this really marries like the principle of like parking. Yeah. Uh, which is freedom, as far as I'm concerned, um, and rescuing us, like being able to have like a casino style evening but rescuing us from the tyranny of fixed roofs or any roofs at all. Yeah. Except for your car, except for the car roof. And is there anything more like lovely and comforting than the sound of, you know, like rain or hail on a car roof when you're trying to sleep? I don't think so. No. no, and, And I mean, and what is, I mean, what is more comfortable or comforting, I should say, than the sounds of like raccoons and squirrels and possible like sort of small mountain cats as they paw around in the garbage that slowly accumulates around your car. 
right. as you park for days, weeks, months at a time. Yeah. And you know, these tree huggers, mm-hmm. these, these tree huggers are always saying we need more wildlife. And I mean, what the, better yeah, way exactly. to get more wildlife than to leave them garbage to eat? Precisely. These, these house-having tree huggers with their roofs and their furnaces, just, I mean, I don't want to say they make me sick, but, but they do. They make me absolutely sick. Yeah. Well, they say they love the trees, but they live in houses. And what are houses made out of? Dead Often, trees. exactly. They're living in the bones of dead trees. Hypocrites. Uh, exactly. I mean, do you, do you love people, but you build your houses out of skeletons? No. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Pwned. Ponage. Uh, Bonage. Uh, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Another thing they've been talking about with the downtown, like another deficit in the downtown, is housing. They were, mm-hmm. you know, there's this whole target of like 10,000 housing units in and around the downtown. It was recently pointed out that uh, they have 16,100 parking spots downtown. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The housing problem is solved. It's just a matter right. of do what we're suggesting. Live in the cars, housing achieved. Right. You just need some way of like maybe, I mean, you, you need you need to dispose of human waste. So if you could find some way of building that system into your car and, uh, and maybe a little hot plate. Yeah. I mean, you've got an engine. Come on. Come Take on, it yeah, I mean, do I do I have to? I feel like we're doing all people's thinking for them here, and it's it's a little embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frustrating. That well, I mean, I, I guess it is our jobs is to solve these problems. True. Yeah, that is true. And you don't need a hot plate in a car. You've got those like little uh, those uh, cigarette lighters. Oh yeah, you can just pop it in, pop it out, and then you've got like a perfect little hot plate right there. Heat your food up and then you need to heat it back up again. Yeah, just like one bite at a time. Yeah. What more do you need? It's perfect. It's the perfect size for a single bean. (laughs) I mean, there's there's no like, I mean, you're not going to like eat to excess if you're measuring out your your portions of food in in beans, single beans. Yeah. And you could just go to the restaurants in downtown to support your local economy. True. Except, sorry. Yeah, no, if, if there were any. Yeah. There'd just be lots of incentive for them. Infinite incentive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I guess. It's sorted. <laughs> it's all sorted. Yep. Downtown neighborhood plan two in the can. Right. I feel I feel a little bad that we're going to be interviewing Rylan Graham uh, uh, talking about this topic when we seem to have already figured it all out in advance. We should forget about it completely right now. Exactly. And not, not yeah. bring it up with him at all. <laughs> that's, I, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Anyways, um, we're just about out of time here. <laughs> Already? Oh, man. But uh, there are just a couple of things that I thought we could talk about beyond our awesome uh, plans for the downtown. Uh, I hear that there is a new CEO at the McKenzie Gallery. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, John G. Hampton. 
He's I believe so. Director and CEO, uh, first Indigenous Executive Director and CEO of a public art gallery in Canada. So that's exciting. Delightful. Yeah, and he was he was the acting director, I believe, for for a time, and now he is taking the role on a permanent basis. That's awesome. Uh, I took a look at uh, some of the stuff that he accomplished. He was the director of programs uh, before that, and um, he has a he's accomplished an awful lot with his time at the McKenzie. Um, so uh, I think the one that I was the most excited by, he's done a lot of stuff with like expanding the um, indigenous involvement with the uh, McKenzie. Uh, he uh, restructured the indigenous advisory circle. Uh, but the thing that I was uh, really excited by was he did a repatriation ceremony with the mm-hmm. uh, art gallery where he returned like a piece of sculpture to India uh, along with, I'm sorry, uh, Divya Mera, who was doing uh, research on this. And so they, uh, they repatriated this sculpture uh, back to India, which I don't know, that's pretty dang cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, other things going on in the city uh renewable city consultant the city has a uh uh they're, they're they're searching for a consultant to run their renewable city uh plan uh they're putting together the framework it's supposed to be coming out uh at the end of this year i believe the goal is to achieve hmm. as we've talked about before 100 renewable city by 2050 uh greg kunz is the new manager of energy and sustainability solutions at the city of regina and their request for proposal has gone out. And um, I don't know, there's a quote in the Leader Post article about this that I liked, uh, where he said that um, trying to achieve this goal, is, it isn't going to require a silver bullet. It's going to require a silver shotgun shell because <laughs> there are so many different targets that they need to hit. And it's like, so this energy and sustainability framework has been stalled for a few years for various reasons that are no longer uh, chairing meetings at city council. And um, the original plan was to have a conference and bring people together and talk about that and talk about that and talk about that and eventually come out with a report that was due last year, but COVID and having a, um, a keynote speaker who was a climate science denier, there were some problems along the way to getting a framework. Yeah. And they seem to be going about it with the, uh, how about we just hire a consultant and do the damn work and <laughs> let's finally get this going. So that's nice to see. And then last bit of city news that I thought we should just mention is the cook house. It's a uh, house on Albert street that uh, the developer wants to tear it down. And it's a, it's on the heritage holding list. Um came to council council said, no, you can't tear it down. We're going to make this a heritage property. And the developer said, no, I don't want that. I really want to tear this down from to make my parents proud. I'm only slightly exaggerating that. Um, he, uh, so his, his dreams were thwarted of tearing down the cookhouse. It was going to go to a, uh, a provincial review, but he has now got a new plan, a new scheme to save the cookhouse and build his 16 condo unit building and save the cookhouse all on the lot. He wants to move the facade of the cookhouse north on the lot, build this 16 unit condo building, uh, and then have like the lobby be the old cookhouse. 
or hmm. something like that. And he's actually going to be taking the facade of the cookhouse off the lot to a separate site, build the condo place, and then graft the cookhouse <laughs> onto it. And fingers crossed, I'm sure he's he's really hoping that it doesn't fall apart during this process and leave him with a demolished house that he can't restore. Um, but yeah, so this plan, he's, he's brought this forward and it was supposed to be debated at an upcoming council meeting, but council has decided to postpone it till spring uh, so that the developer uh, can have more time to review comments that have come in and uh, respond to people's concerns. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but a Save the Cookhouse campaign has started across Regina. People are putting Ooh. yellow Save the Cookhouse signs out on their lawns. There's like dozens of these. They're all up and down Albert Street. Uh, they're all throughout Lakeview. They're now starting to infect Cathedral. Um, so people are very upset about this notion of tearing the cookhouse down. And I'm still, we talked about this before. I don't know how, like this is a single family neighborhood just after Lakeview freaked out at the possibility of getting duplexes. He wants to put a 16 unit condo building with a 24 stall underground parking garage underneath this building in uh, Lakeview, old Lakeview. Doesn't really sound like a good fit for old Lakeview, frankly. I'll just yeah. put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. So um huh. yeah. So that's happening. So yeah, spring, if you're if you're somebody with a yellow sign on your lawn, uh think save the cookhouse, uh you've got uh you've got until spring to find out what the city's gonna do about it and uh to hone your arguments to save it. That's about it. Cool. Uh we should uh we should we should listen to some innovative revenue tools. I think we see should what the, see what those have to say to us. Okay, let's do that now. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District, improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. And we're back from innovative revenue tools. Such good tools. Always good tools. I always and, say that, but it's always true. And we actually now have a guest. What? Yeah. I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Well, um, then I guess I'll, I'll, I'll introduce Ryland Graham, who is an assistant professor in environmental planning at the University of Northern British Columbia. Hey, Ryland. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us today at the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau. Uh, so I, I've noticed from your Twitter feed that you have you've shown some interest in uh, planning issues at the city of Regina. You 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 were once a resident here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, with the city, uh, it, it's going to be considering this uh, temporary surface parking lot. Uh, deal like whether or not we should have more temporary surface parking lots whether or not we should be allowing them um but already our downtown seems to be overwhelmed by parking and yet there's a very strong and vocal contingent in the city who think that actually our downtown needs more parking um 
where do you stand on uh, the need for parking versus the need for uh, not having parking? Right. Well, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me uh, this evening. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's uh, a great question. And I think regardless of city, I think parking, uh, downtown parking specifically, is is always a contentious issue. And I think, you know, the report that recently went to Planning Commission uh, really highlights, you know, what is, what is the reality in downtown Regina? You know, 33% uh of of land is dedicated to parking and, and something like sixteen thousand parking spaces uh not even including underground parking spaces uh within the downtown context so you know i, I think it's often a, a discussion point and regina is not unique in that sense but i think what needs to be sorted out is whether there is indeed a parking problem or whether that's sort of a perception uh, that exists. But, you know, what jumps out to me thinking about those numbers that were presented is um, I don't think that there's a lack of parking in, in downtown Regina. I would be hard pressed to, to say that that's the case. Right. Uh, what do you think, what do you think an excess of parking does to a city? Right. Well, I think broadly, I, I think, um, well, I think more specifically, maybe let's start there. If we look at some of the policy documents that exist in Regina, and, you know, we're talking about the official community plan titled Design Regina or the Regina Downtown Neighborhood Plan, you know, I think they very clearly, they're consistent in that they spell out what type of city um, we want Regina to be, and that is, you know, vibrant and, and inclusive, and uh, maybe some of these words I'm I'm uh, adding here, but I, I don't think there's stretch when you think about some of the policies, but, uh, you know, dynamic and sustainable and all these sorts of things. And so, you know, I think that when we start to think about a downtown that's dotted with surface parking lots, I think, you know, that very much runs counter to some of those goals and objectives that we've spelled out in our policy documents and, you know, specifically talking about the, the renewable or Regina, what the renewable Regina uh, uh, discussion about wanting uh, Regina to be more of a sustainable city, you know, there's, there's a line in there and a discussion there about transportation choices. And so I think continuing to build out a city that's very auto oriented, uh, you know, runs counter again to some of those, those sustainability initiatives that have been set. And so, you know, very much I think you start to create a downtown that isn't really a place uh, that people want to be or, or enjoy coming to. You know, you, you started to, to take away the reasons people might come downtown if you've got a downtown that's predominantly service parking, right? What are the reasons to go downtown anymore? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the groups that is uh, outspoken about you know, the need for parking are the people who work there as opposed right. to people who are visiting to shop. Uh, how do we, how do we accommodate the needs of the people who work in the downtown, but also want to drive to the downtown? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think that comes back to, to the perception versus reality, you know, um, with 16,000 plus parking spaces already downtown, 
you know, is it a major problem that uh, there isn't enough parking? Are people coming downtown who are coming downtown to work, are they struggling to find uh, parking? You know, I, again, I think what we need a better assessment of is, is, is there truly uh, a parking problem that exists or has that just long been the narrative and we just continue to sort of perpetuate that? You know, again, I, I think we need to better understand, you know, what is, what is the capacity and, and, you know, is capacity uh, constantly uh, being filled or is supply uh, outstripping demand? You know, do we have excess parking uh, right now within the downtown? Right. The, the, the other point that has been raised, especially by businesses, is that uh, Regina is a city that has a lot of uh, big box stores, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of free parking, uh, malls with a lot of free parking. How can, if the downtown is going to be charging for parking and have like a more limited supply, uh, how are they supposed to, as, as like stores and places to shop and eat, how are they supposed to compete with those, uh, those big box store uh, developments. Right. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's, uh, again, in, uh, something you hear often beyond just the boundaries of Regina. I think that suburban versus urban parking uh, dilemma uh, perpetuates elsewhere. And so, again, I, I think, I think what needs to be done is develop a better or stronger strategy of, you know, what are the parking challenges and you know how do we how do we address those? I don't think that there's an easy answer to to that uh, question because certainly, yeah, I mean you go to the suburban context, the big box stores, you know, parking is is free in some sense, um, but uh, relative to the downtown core, where obviously uh, parking is is there's a charge for that. So you know, I think that that challenge will persist. Um, you know, I'm not sure I, I have an answer specific to that question, but I, I think ultimately, I think it's about building a downtown where people want to come. And so that that issue of having to pay for parking isn't such a barrier uh, that, you know, will, will uh, influence people's behavior not to come downtown. You know, if the downtown was, and, I, you know, the caveat is I think there are, some great things about downtown Regina, but if the downtown was uh, developed with more things for for residents to come to, more amenities, more places to shop, more places to eat, more parks to hang out in, you know, I think that the parking, having to pay for parking uh, wouldn't necessarily be a huge barrier. I think people might be willing to do that for the experience that the downtown might offer that the suburban context probably can't uh, offer in the same way. You mentioned that suburban or that mall parking was free, and you said in some sense. Now, one of the, I mean, one of the draws of you know living in the suburbs is, of course, the free parking. Right. But are, are there are there costs? Are you implying that there's some hidden costs to this bonanza of free parking that, that that we're still paying for? Just curious about that. Right, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's there's a, a great book by Donald Shoup called The High Cost of Free Parking. And what he goes in to say is that, uh, you know, the free parking isn't actually free because it's it's recouped in, in the costs 
uh, of the goods and services that are provided, uh, you know, that those stores sell. So, you know, truly nothing is free. It's just, we don't, we don't, it might not be so obvious to us that we are uh, paying that expense in, in some way. Um, do you have a follow-up? No, no, no follow-up. No. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm exa- intellectually exhausted. That, that just did me in right there. Uh, one of the, one of the challenges that I think many municipalities have is that their, uh, undeveloped lots and surface parking lots are not taxed the same developed lot. They charge a lot more if you've put a building on a site, especially really, you know, a large building, a commercial building. Um, how do you, how, how would you cope with an incentive structure that's so upside down like that, where it's so cheap to have parking and you can therefore make an easy profit off right. a service parking lot versus actually, you know, building stuff people want to interface with? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think this maybe a little, once we get into sort of the, the municipal finance sort of world, it's a little bit maybe outside my wheelhouse. Um, but I think, you know, what has been done elsewhere or a strategy that's suggested is, you know, taxing land at a higher rate rather than the structures uh, that are on that land. And so, you know, I, I think to your point is that surface parking, you know, the, the tax rate is, is uh, relatively low, right? The taxes that are paid to the city are relatively low versus if that same parcel of land had some some structures in place. And so, you know, the strategy being flipping that in, in taxing vacant land at a higher rate. Um, but when when taxes are low on vacant land, again, it incentivizes that as a use, right? I mean, it can be quite lucrative to own and operate a surface parking. I mean, the initial investment uh, capital investment is quite low. You know, you delineate the parking spots out, maybe you put in a pay station and, you know, two weeks later you're good to go. And the ongoing maintenance and operating costs are, you know, very low as well. I mean, I think that there's surface parking lots in downtown Regina that haven't seen any sort of investment for lack of a better word in decades. Right. Um, and so, you know, there's a relatively low cost to landowners to doing that while at the same time, you know, revenues can be quite steady and it can be quite a lucrative uh, proposition. And so what I would say the approach needed going forward, I'm sure, I'm sure taxation absolutely can play a role in that, but so can land use uh, policies. And I, I think what I mean by that is, is not incentivizing further development of surface parking lots. Yeah. Yeah. And by having things like prohibitions, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think the policy is already there, right? It is already there. It is, you know, when the downtown plan uh, was adopted and, you know, that's going back to 2008 and actually that's kind of how I got into this uh, world was I was one of the stakeholders at the time through the university of Regina, you know, engaged in the downtown plan and, and, you know, very clearly in the downtown plan, uh, the the discussion is is points to not wanting more surface parking uh, within the downtown 
core, because again, that runs counter to the, the goals and objectives and policies of trying to create a downtown that is exciting, vibrant, sustainable, and, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, so we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, uh, tuned into the community. Uh, and we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're here with Ryland Graham, an assistant professor in environmental planning at UNBC. Um, I just, on, on the taxing, I had like three examples that occurred to me that are mm-hmm. kind of relevant to this situation. One was, uh, like, I think it was the late 19th century, uh, a lot of uh, North America would charge property taxes based on the number of windows you had. Mm-hmm. And this is why you see so many warehouse buildings in cities across North America that have like bricked over windows because it was a way to like bring down the property taxes. And then in Montreal, they used to charge property taxes based on whether or not you had an interior staircase. And so now a lot of old Montreal has these buildings with staircases on the exterior of the building, like a fire escape, but on, but front facing on the street. And then here in Regina, uh, apparently basements aren't charged for property taxes. So people have these like raised basements with big windows because they're getting an extra floor for free. So it's it's interesting how we can take our tax policy and basically we could design it to make the city do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. So if we wanted to incentivize, I don't know, um, like uh, zip lines down the sidewalk, we just need to like make them exempt from any kind of taxation. And next thing you know, people will be building zip lines everywhere. Or severe criminal penalties for not using zip lines. Exactly. All the time. Yeah. Just creative approaches, little creative tweaks to our codes could uh, have really great advantages uh, for zip line fans in the long run. Um, so, uh, Rylan, uh, just how do you. How do you feel about the direction that Regina is going in right now? We've had this downtown plan now for it's over 10 years. Uh, the OCP is a little bit younger than that. Um, these, both these plans talk about things like vibrancy and sustainability, um, but they seem to have fallen a little bit short. Do you have a sense of how we could get these things back on track or something you'd like to see us do? to uh, sort of achieve those goals we've had for so long. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I am always and will always be a, a booster of Regina. I think that there is a great community and there's lots of uh, great things happening there. And certainly though, when we start to look at, at the growth and development of the city, I would agree with you that some of these, Goals that we've set, you know, over the last decade have, have not been implemented. And, you know, I think if, if you look at the downtown plan um, and you look at the official community plan, you know, some of the metrics are to uh, have 10,000 people living within what has been defined as the city center. And I think specifically within the downtown core, I think, you know, approximately 5,000 of that was to be absorbed there. And, but yeah, we haven't really seen that. We've seen limited marginal growth in terms of population within the downtown core uh, and more broadly within that city center zone. And so, yeah, I think that the objectives are uh, positive. I think, you know, the, the goals set are, are appropriate. I think that they're consistent with 
other municipalities across Canada, including other mid-sized cities. But again, the challenge is, has been implementation and you know the Regina Revitalization Project sort of that the the former uh, rail yards between the warehouse district and downtown you know again I think that there's a positive plan in place to develop that into you know some of the things that we were talking about before you know sustainable mixed use vibrant neighborhood but again that is fallen short and so you know I think the plans are there the policies are there the, the what needs to be sorted out is well, how do we implement this? And I think solely waiting for the market to shift, uh, you know, will be, it could be a long time before we see the market shift to uh, when, you know, that will carry it out on its own. I think what needs to be done is the city, the municipality needs to contemplate, well, what are, what are actions that, the city can take or how can the city become more involved in this process to move uh, some of these objectives forward. Again, I think solely waiting on, on the market to, to sort of carry this out, uh, it hasn't come to fruition yet. And so, you know, how much longer would we have to wait for that to happen? And, you know, I think there's good examples from Calgary where the city of Calgary, very similar, had a neighborhood east of the downtown core called East Village, you know, for decades, sort of similar idea of promise revitalization and, you know, that didn't come to fruition. You know, the development industry really wasn't picking that up. And so the city of Calgary created an entity, its own development arm called Calgary Municipal Land Corporation. And over the last 10 years, they've spearheaded development. Uh, and now that neighborhood East Village is really, uh, you know, developing out into sort of one of the neighborhoods that people really want to be uh, in this city. And so, you know, again, I think it, it requires the city to, to get creative about, you know, what is their role? Are they, you know, purely just a regulatory body, which I think the city of Regina has, has typically done, or are there opportunities for the city to uh, sort of become more engaged in the development process as has happened in cities like Calgary? Uh, I'm curious about the Calgary Land Development Corps. Did they actually like buy and sell land or buy and develop land themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, I think there are, there are parallels between what they've done and what uh, has happened with something like the Regina Revitalization Project, but I think there's a clear stopping point in Regina. So very similarly in Calgary, you know, Calgary Municipal Land Corporation developed the plan, uh, but they also implemented the plan, and I think that's where it stopped in Regina. So in Calgary, you know, CMLC they they led the infrastructure improvements, you know, laying out. Uh, a new grid network of streets. They did uh, improvements to park space within the neighborhood. They uh, purchase and consolidate land and then sell those parcels off to developers. Uh, they also are sort of the regulatory body uh, in terms of, of, you know, weighing in on what development will look like when it comes to design. You know, they also spearheaded and led the the development of the new central library in Calgary. And, you know, it's it's been seen as such, such a success. Now they've moved into the next neighborhood to the south, 
uh, and now are leading the development of the culture and entertainment district in Calgary, including a new event center. So, you know, again, they, they went beyond just the regulatory body and actually acted as the developer in, in, in you know, on various projects, including restoring four heritage buildings uh, within that neighborhood. So I think that there's, They've gone a little bit further in terms of what is their role in development, you know, recognizing that perhaps the development industry wasn't going to carry out this project and they needed a more involved uh, approach to, to see those goals and objectives uh, come to fruition. You're, you're kind of blowing my mind here because, you know, we've had opportunities to do this in Regina and the city has always backed down on taking that kind of leadership role. Right. So, but what you're saying is that we could, like develop, say, the rail yards ourselves and, and still make a profit, still like, you know, not like bankrupt the city? Right, exactly. Nice. exactly. Yeah, I think that, um, I think, again, it, it's establishing what is the role of the city and are there opportunities for the city to play a larger role in the development process. And so, you know, with respect to the, the, the rail yard project, you know, maybe that is, uh, moving forward with the infrastructure, maybe that is developing uh, out the park space and the, and the plazas or whatever it might be uh, within the area. That is what has happened in Calgary uh, with the East Village project. They laid the infrastructure and then that private development followed thereafter. Right on. Um, so uh, like last question, because we're running out of time. Uh, the the rail yard seems to be like the next big development that the city will be taking on. Um, although it's not developing, it's traditionally they've been saying they're just waiting for a developer who's going to you know head that project for them. Uh, it's a sliver of land the north of downtown. I'm sure you're aware of it. Uh, what if you if you were the guy in charge and could turn that into whatever you wanted? What would what would you recommend? for that land to really sort of boost the profile of the area in the downtown. Right. Absolutely. So I think uh, I would, uh, I would say no to more surface parking lots to tie it into, to our earlier topic, but, you know, I think the plan in place is the right direction. And I think that, you know, the future of that parcel or area should be mixed use development, both residential and commercial and, and certainly, uh, a mix of, of housing typologies, uh, you know, could be townhouses and could be uh, higher density apartment units. Also, you know, a mix of, of units for sale or homes for sale, but also homes for rent as well. So a mix of affordability and, you know, spaces for, for people to, to gather. I think the focus on that area should be Again, this is consistent with, with what the plan is suggesting, but an area that will bridge the downtown neighborhood uh, with the warehouse district. And, you know, I think ultimately what Regina needs more of is places for people, places for pedestrians, places for people to gather. You know, I think that there are, are so few areas that are, are people oriented. You know, they're, Regina, again, like many other cities, uh, as a lot of areas designed around the automobile or the car, but we need more space and places uh, that are people oriented where, you know, people can come and congregate uh, and enjoy the experience uh, of living uh, in a city. So, 
you know, again, I, I think the plan is, is, is positive. I, I think it's uh, consistent with, with what we would want to see. Now, what we need to focus is on is how do we implement that plan and get it moving forward? I mean, it's been, it's been at least eight years since that, uh, that was an idea or, or, you know, the beginnings of that idea. And eight years later, you know, all we have so far, at least visually, is is a banner on a chain link fence, you know, promising a, a future development. You know, it's, in my opinion, uh, it's time to hopefully move that project forward. Yeah. Hey, there's also an old mattress there. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. That's a new development since I was in Regina last, perhaps. Yeah. Well, you know, I just want you to, don't want you to think that there's been no progress. <laughs> Okay, well, that's it. We are uh, pretty much out of time here uh, on the meeting and the Zoom call. So, okay, well, thanks so much. Oh, for me. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, for thanks. The- we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so does Crookshanks, my cat, who's right here. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Ryland. That was really great. Oh, great. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate the chance to talk about it in, in Calgary. There's so few people who want to talk about Regina with me. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, <laughs> to be able to talk about my hometown. Cheers. Anytime. Yeah. If you spot anything going on at city hall that you want to, that you need to get off your chest, just let us know. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks again. And, and we'll see you on Twitter sometime soon. I'm sure. Uh, Wednesday. Council right. meeting. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for all the work. All right. you keep me up to date on what's happening. Yeah, no worries. Okay, see you later. Yeah, thanks, Roland. Bye now. Chat. Uh, well, that was that was great. There were there were many many things I wanted to uh, discuss with uh, with Ryland that we didn't get a chance, mostly uh, relating to roller disco. Uh, but maybe maybe next time. Yeah, maybe he's on next time. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, honestly, I wanted to talk to him about pickleball as well. Well, yeah, and other super spreader events such as yeah. that. Anyway, so we should probably move to adjourn the meeting. I will second that motion. Okay, uh, I, me too. Uh, I'll third the motion. Oh my God. Meeting adjourned. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Our hosts are Paul DeShen and Aiden Morgan. That's us. Music by Ryan Hill, aka Guidewire. Our guest tonight was Rylan Graham uh, from the University of Northern British Columbia. We're broadcast 7 to 8 uh, Thursday evenings and again rebroadcast Monday afternoons from 3 to 4 p.m. You can find us on cjtr.ca as well as Twitter, Queen City IB, uh, and on our website, queencityib.com. It's uh, coming up next. I believe we have the cockpit with Maddie V. And no, Nerd Cabaret. Nerd Cabaret with Maddie V. Then the cockpit. Then music, etc. Keep on improving, Regina. 